This episode is sponsored by Code Health. Code connects healthcare providers to the largest community of medical coding professionals in the country with over 4,600 domestic certified coders. As a single stop for all coding needs, Code's on-demand model has solved for daily staffing challenges and coding inefficiencies by allowing providers to access the right coder at the right time while gaining insights to better manage their coding operations. To learn more about Code, visit CodeHealth.com, that's K-O-D-E Health.com, or email Code directly at partnerships at CodeHealth.com. Hey, it's Erica. Today, we're excited to share an episode of our other podcast, Healthcare Blame Game. We'll be talking with HFMA's Sean Stack and Ruth Landy from RIP Medical Debt about price transparency and the group misinterpreting regulations. Enjoy the conversation. Hello and welcome to Healthcare Blame Game from the Healthcare Financial Management Association. I'm Erica Grotto, a senior editor at HFMA. And I'm Brad Dennison, director of content at HFMA. We have a wild topic today. Yes, and this will be a bit of a different format than we've done before, but this is one of those topics where with every answer comes more questions. There's been a series of ads running heavily in the DC media possibly other places too, featuring hip hop artists calling for enforcement of price transparency laws. Indeed. So listeners, just in case you haven't seen one of these ads, here's an example featuring rapper Fat Joe. Right now, millions of people are getting robbed and not by the guys you might think, but by hospital and insurance company executives. They crooks because they managed to hide hospital prices from all of us. When we can't see or compare prices, Hospitals charge us whatever they want. They robbing us. It's corporate greed. It's not even legal, but nobody's enforcing that law. We love our nurses. We need our doctors. But the big business behind them is breaking our backs. So to all you politicians letting them crush us, you breaking my heart. Because you broke your promise to the very people you swore to protect. It's time for you to step up and enforce this law. Their corporate greed is devastating patients and their families. Hospitals are obligated to show us their prices, and we demand them. Power to the patients. There's a lot here. There is, and normally we would look at journalism on Blame Game, but the heart of this show is really about accuracy. And so this campaign has gotten some attention in the press and is funded by organizations that are often referred to in the press. So no doubt it's influencing public opinion. Not only that, the visibility in Washington has the attention of policymakers. So Power to the Patients is the name of the organization putting out these ads, but there's more to that story. Yes, it's actually run by patient rights advocate and organization. Our policy director, Sean Stack, has written about multiple times in the past year or so. PRA has repeatedly issued reports on price transparency that misinterpret the federal rules on price transparency and go against CMS's own reporting. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, let's talk about the content of those ads like the one we heard a minute ago. They're focused on two ideas. Hospitals charge too much and they hide their prices on purpose. 
Blame Game listeners and HFMA members might remember Ruth Landy, the Vice President of Hospital Relations at RIP Medical Debt, from our annual conference session that became a podcast episode last year. She's very sympathetic to what patients face when they have a medical debt they can't pay. And she spent two decades working in hospital revenue cycle, so she has a better understanding than most about how difficult it is for hospitals. And as soon as these ads began circulating, we knew she was somebody we had to talk to. I feel like if we could explain how prices, to the extent that even that term needs definition, get determined with some kind of amazing explainer, you know, one of those um, videos where they're drawing it out or the John Oliver kind of funny explainer. I really don't know who is up to the task, but this idea that hospitals just sit there and up their prices all the time and that's determining what a patient pays and that's driving this medical debt problem is is just not really understanding how it works. And I don't blame anybody for not understanding how it works, but I also really wish that we did understand because then we could be moving towards solutions that actually would help people. So yeah, it's just frustrating because the amounts of money that get paid buy an insurance, whether it's a government insurance, a Medicare or Medicaid, or an employer plan or an exchange plan, or whoever the heck is being the payer um, of insurance, to the provider, whatever kind, hospital, physician, whatever, lab, what goes on in that negotiation and how much should be paid from one party to the other is really not what I'm concerned about. Whether it's too high, whether it's too low, That's not what I think we want to be discussing necessarily. But the fact that patients get put in that equation so much nowadays that they have to pay so much out of pocket that they do not have is the big problem. And that removing patients from that equation is what we really need. There's been a lot of debate and discussion about whether CMS price transparency regulations are the right solution, but they are the solution that we have right now, which leads us to the organization behind Power to the Patient, PRA. Our in-house expert on all things price transparency is our policy director, Sean Stack. And as I mentioned earlier, he's written a lot about PRA. His blog posts are linked in the show notes and I encourage anyone who hasn't read them to do so. But I talked with him too. And he told me that PRA's interpretation of the rules is off. I'm assuming that PRA does know the regulations, but at times when I read their compliance reports, you know, I, as well as other industry leaders that that really watch transparency and do a lot of education on transparency, I begin to wonder. I mean, PRA's last report that came out in October of 2023 does show an 11.5% uptick in hospital compliance compared to its previous assessment. However, the 36 compliance rate starkly contrasts with the 70% compliance rate published by CMS. And of course, CMS is a regulatory body that sets the federal price transparency regulations and oversees compliance for the program. That being said, when you take a closer look at PRA's compliance report, you notice that their benchmarks are not compliance benchmarks that CMS includes in their price transparency regulations. Items like the use of NA in the machine-readable file that hospitals have constructed based on CMS's technical direction, PRA does not seem to agree with CMS on their recommended usage of NA when hospitals do not offer an item or service or they don't have a separately 
reimbursable charge or cost for the item of service because it's always bundled into another payment. So that's one area that CMSs came out and actually addressed in their latest OPPS rule on price transparency, kind of solidifying that what PRA is claiming is not regulation. There's also clear scrutiny by PRA that hospitals are intentionally enlarging the size of their MRF files and including too much information only to confuse consumers and patients. So on one hand, PRA argues that hospitals are not providing nearly enough information on transparency. And on the other hand, they are stating that the files are way too large and complex for patients and consumers to ever be able to understand. And then another common inaccuracy that we see throughout these compliance reports is that PRA just assumes, it seems like they assume that every hospital should include every payer and plan's contracted rates offered in their region of the country, assuming that all providers contract or have the ability to contract with every payer and every plan is very misinformed. And yet PRA seems to feel this is the way healthcare payers and insurers operate. And it's just not. You know, Brad, the Blame Game team has read many articles and reports over the last year, and this is all sounding very familiar. Yeah, we see this a lot in the stories we read about the industry. People get a sense of how they think things should work or what should be legal and don't always know the difference between reality and their wish list. CMS sets the rules around price transparency. PRA does not. It would be very different if they were publishing some sort of commentary about why they disagree with CMS, but that's not what they're doing. Why does PRA data vary so much from CMSs? I'd love to know what they have to say about this. I'd like to know that too. And we did try to find out. We scheduled an interview with PRA's founder, Cynthia Fisher, but her team canceled at the last minute. We spent several days trying to reschedule but we weren't able to get a response committing to a day and time. So we decided to move forward with this episode, but hey, the door is always open to Cynthia. Going back to the ad for a second. When we can't see or compare prices, hospitals charge us whatever they want. We could spend a lot of time picking apart that statement. We could, but we won't. Ruth talked earlier about the misunderstanding of how prices are determined. And as for the transparency piece, I think HFMA's track record speaks for itself here. Association, which is nonprofit, non-lobbying, nonpartisan, we've long been a voice for transparency in healthcare. People like Sean are out there every day talking about price transparency. As a concept, it's not something people in the industry are against, but experts disagree on how effective current rules will be to make care more affordable through competition. Here's what Sean said about that. I believe that price transparency will assist in leveling the competitive market in a way that, for one example, smaller rural providers who do not typically have as much bargaining power, not typically, as some larger health systems, may be able to level set some areas of opportunity that they have historically lost money on or been underpaid on. So that's one way I think maybe some of the smaller rural hospitals will be able to leverage some of these files and say, hey, no wonder we have never been able to make money or support these programs because we're being paid so much less than some of these larger providers. I also believe that as we get to a point, and we're definitely not there yet, where CMS and other market influencers begin to add the weight of healthcare quality data into transparency files, 
we'll begin to see more weighted shift to certain specialized services that may only be provided at certain centers of excellence in a community and therefore should be reimbursed appropriately for the quality of their outcomes and community impact. So I think there's a lot of room for these files to grow and show competitive advantage or massaging of different prices in different regions based on the provider type and what the provider is doing for that service line. I do think there's some movement there. But again, I do feel strongly that machine-readable files that PRA seems to be mostly focused on are designed for functional competitive market analysis and not at all for patient estimates, for patient consumerism, price getting. That is the job of price estimator tools and good faith estimates. No patient, I wouldn't even, billing healthcare for 10 years at an academic medical center would not go out and try to understand a charge master in full and try to put things together. Ruth also talked about the patient perspective, and her take was that insurers are actually in a better position to be the messengers in the current system. If there's a desire for a patient to be able to know exactly how much they're going to pay, right, nobody's against that. But if anybody can do it effectively, it's probably the insurer. So first of all, people need insurance. I mean, healthcare is just not a thing that is affordable to people, I think, anywhere, because healthcare has so much more to offer now, amazing machines and drugs and things that weren't around 50 years ago. You need insurance. And the fact is that the arrangements between the payers, the insurers, and the providers are so complex. That's another thing that we need to convey. They're not fee-for-service. You see all the time in the media, well, the bad incentives of fee-for-service. Hospitals are not paid fee-for-service. We know this. That's another thing that needs correction, right? It's, it's DRGs and APCs and incredibly complex kinds of arrangements. There isn't like a price for an MRI. There is, are you in the urgent care? Were you admitted? Were you all these different things? So an insurance, because they know the terms of the contracts and they know the terms of the insurance contract, the, you know, what the patient has, as well as what their arrangements are with all the local providers. So if you put in something in an insurance portal if they program it well enough, would have enough information to tell somebody if you go here versus going here versus going here mid-year because you've half filled your deductible, da, 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 this might hit your out-of-pocket. It would be possible. But for a hospital to meaningfully provide information is a really tall order. I mean, listing, we all know, listing charge master prices, it's not very useful. I think what we have to understand is that the payers, again, the different insurers and government, and the providers are engaged in and have been engaged with each other in a battle for how much and in what way to pay and what to pay for for a long time and will presumably continue to do so. And that is what that is. But the idea that patient involvement, that turning this into some kind of commodity that you're buying at your local mall, it's, it just does not translate because of the complexity of the arrangement, let alone whether you actually believe healthcare should be a business or not. My head is spinning. It's about to get worse because PRA keeps putting out new content. Right before Christmas, PRA issued a press release titled New Report Highlights Extreme Price Variation for the Same Medical Procedures Within and Across Hospitals. There's a quote here from Cynthia Fisher. 
Quote, our study reveals wide-scale price variations of more than 10 times for the same care across health plans and 33 times across hospitals. It is highway robbery to charge a patient 10 times more than another person receiving the same procedure at the same hospital, 31 times more than a patient at a hospital down the street getting the same care, end quote. So now they're not just talking about price transparency, but pricing. Yes, we always suspected it would go there, and now it has. And Sean definitely had some things to say about that. Healthcare is a costly business, but when they're talking about these fluctuations in pricing and and cost, they're also looking at Medicaid rates, amounts that Medicaid pays to the amounts that commercial payers pay. We have always known, and the public has always known, as well as legislators, that managed care rates, meaning insured people, offset the low reimbursement that Medicare and Medicaid pays. If hospitals received the same payment across the board, they would all be closing their doors. I think it's easy for us and for people who work in healthcare to dismiss these reports. But as you said at the top, people are listening. So what power does a hospital have to change the narrative? PRA isn't the only organization villainizing hospitals. And hey, sometimes hospitals get things wrong. We're the first to say it, and we've called that out before. In fact, one of the things we've repeatedly said hospitals get wrong is their communications about issues like this. So I asked Sean how he thinks hospitals can start to turn that tide. I think hospitals have always felt the best approach is to remain silent and just take the high road and try to stay out of the minutia of the mud being slung. I don't think that's working anymore with with real-time news, with, with news that's really not accurate reporting anymore. So I think hospitals do need to get a clear plan together on how they're going to address these issues, even at a community level, is very important because community echoes into patients, echoes into consumers, legislators, and then legislators from their state and their community go to D.C. and they are responsible for developing these policies. So I think a better community plan and communication is key here. And I think hospitals really need to start talking about all the good that they are doing in presumptive eligibility, in charity, in write-offs, in assessing patients for Medicaid and Medicare in exchange, all the work they're doing there to get patients enrolled and covered, and assistance through drug rebates and things like that. Things that we have been doing for years and years and years, and we've gotten so used to do it, it's just normal business for us, but we've never explained what we do to the community. They have no idea we're doing this extra work for them. Because trust me, hospitals do not want to bill a patient a large coinsurance or a large deductible amount. They would rather have insurance pay that, or if possible, that be written off to charity if the patient qualifies. This brings to mind some of the things you talked about with Jim Heffernan in a previous episode of this podcast. I don't think we can say it enough. If you don't participate in the conversation, you don't have a voice, period. And campaigns like Power to the Patients are going to win every time. And it doesn't end with price transparency. There's always going to be something around the corner. Sean is already talking about CMS's movement to publish compliance activity. He thinks that's an area hospitals should be getting in front of right away. I think that that is ripe for misinterpretation by groups who are 
really attacking hospitals and saying, look how many compliance letters this hospital has received this year. That doesn't mean they're in violation. It just means that they're being reviewed and that CMS is reaching out to find out, you know, why their file is updated the way it is. It might be a no finding, but I'm very, very concerned that if hospitals don't get in front of that, when that compliance letter comes out and issue a statement, that that information is going to start being misconstrued by reporters and by the industry and hospitals are going to be demonized more for working with CMS, for doing what they should be doing. We're going to keep watching PRA and Power to the Patients. They continue to put out press releases and hold events and bring in more celebrity spokespeople. And if Cynthia Fisher gets back to us, we'll definitely be sharing that conversation. I will look forward to that. Any parting thoughts before we wrap up this episode? Most of us want lower costs and easier to understand prices and bills. Agreed. But this 21st century phenomenon where everyone creates the set of facts that suits them just polarizes people or even tunes them out. PRE has a wish list that they're confusing with actual federal regulation. And beyond that, they're misinterpreting federal rules and data and disseminating that misinformation, which in turn is infiltrating media outlets, reporters, op-eds, government, research, name it. It's getting harder and harder to separate fact from fiction, not just in healthcare, but in all facets of our lives. But so many people so easily accept the comments or the data point that readily fits their point of view. I challenge PRA to really consider what we've said here today, what we've laid out in this episode. I challenge journalists and all of you to really think about how to be better consumers of data and information. Yeah, that's a big challenge. And it's something we talk about within the Blame Game team all the time. Are we looking at the right data? Are we looking at it in the right way? So if you're listening and you have a point of view on any of this, we want to hear from you. Yes, we'd love to hear from you, whether it's what you think about those PRA reports or if you've seen the power to the patient ads, let us know what you think about those. I get emails from members all the time with articles and surveys they'd like us to take a look at or even with comments. So keep them coming. Uh, my inbox is always open at bdenison at hfma.org. Healthcare Blame Game is a production of the Healthcare Financial Management Association. Brad Dennison is the Director of Content. Erica Grotto is Executive Producer. Additional writing and research are done by Senior Editor Paul Barr and the HFMA Editorial Team, with support from the HFMA Policy Team and Rick Dundling, HFMA Senior Vice President of Professional Practice. Sound Engineering and Editing is by Linda Chandler. HFMA's President and CEO is Ann Jordan. I think that works.